Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us on Third Shot Podcast. We're back with another exciting episode, but before we jump into it, don't forget to subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Third Shot Podcast. We're also on Instagram and Facebook at Third Shot Podcast and Twitter at Third Shot Pod. We're just everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, we are. (laughs) Follow us on all of the things. Exactly. We just asked you to listen to the same show 10 times on 10 different platforms. Yeah. (laughs) Once you finish it on one, it's part of the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely different show. If you listen on one versus another, you'll, there's one thing different. Listen to it in detail several times and you'll figure out what it is. And then let us know. (laughs) Let's do a total puzzle for people. Yeah. We got to drop the Easter egg kind of stuff. Right. So Mm -hmm. like make it like a little, uh, Easter egg hunt, try to figure out different things, and then we'll have a prize on our website. There we go. Oh, yeah. We should like do it. a prize, like yeah, legitimately. Right. Like a real one. Yeah. We'll work on that. All right. We uh, we but in the meantime. Shot. Oh, I got to reach my shot. I got to go way out of frame here. I'm ready. Cheers. Where's Cheers. Wait, wait. Oh, oh. Got to pour one. Okay. Ah. Now I'm ready. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, usually, Russ, you know, you're preparing us for the show. You're asking us, okay, you guys ready? You ready to get started? I know. Yeah. I know. There was one well, key element this time that we had forgotten. <laughs> Your show. I, had, I had to do some editing before mm-hmm. this, so I had already taken it. So oh. I just decided oh. to re- refresh. Pre-party. Exactly. Exactly. This will be a fun show for me. So how have you guys been? I've been good. I'm good. Yeah. What about you, Uncle? I have been, you know, good. I I took a little vacation. Um, I posted a picture of of me playing pickleball in in Maui. And that was an amazing experience. Met some really cool people. Got to play with some locals, some some uh, tourists that were in town. Really good play. I mean, it, it was excellent play. We were thinking that it was going to be. Remember, we were talking and it's like, I think you're going to get some really good games in there while you're away. It was. I, I was impressed by just people from all over the country. I mean, I played against nice. Alabama. There was some California. There was some Nevada. I, I met somebody from Las Vegas. A lot of people that actually lived on the island. Uh, so it was, it was, it was really, really fun and a great experience. Hide all the guys over uh, in Maui. All my pickleball friends now inviting me to go back and, and play with them. So I can't wait. Awesome. And did you tell them about our podcast? Oh, you betcha. (laughs) About our podcast. And they're going, oh, so tell me about the podcast, right? And I was like, yeah, you know, we do these shots. And they go, oh. Now they're really going to (laughs) listen. Now we like it. We'll listen to the show now. That's funny. Well, I have some exciting news. Well, not really news, but I've got a little story about our podcast. Okay. Okay. So I did something outside of the ordinary and I went to go see a psychic. Oh, yes. And not for the purpose to ask them about our podcast, but it did come up. And I want to tell you guys what the news was. Wait a second. Just randomly the psychic brought up the podcast. 
Yes, more or less. And I didn't say anything about it. I didn't go in there with my third shot podcast stickers on me, nothing (laughs) as far as that. (laughs) So I don't think she had any idea. Okay. So I went in and the first thing that she did, she had these three little dice and the die. Dice. I think it's it's plural. (laughs) I always get it mixed up. So there was three of them. And they had (laughs) astrological signs on them. And so she says, tell me about Bridget and like rolls them out onto the table and she's looking at it. And then she says, so what is it that you do for work? And I was explaining to her that I work at UNLV in recreation. And she was like, "Mm, I don't think that's it because what I'm picking up on is relationships, but not like a single person relationship, but relationships, like building relationships. And then I was thinking, like, well, what else could she be thinking about? And I said, oh, well, I also do a podcast, which is like kind of like work because, you know, we schedule stuff. It takes up, you know, a good portion of our time doing the recordings and everything else. And she said, that's it. And I said, what do you mean? (laughs) And she said, well, on your podcast, are you interviewing people and talking with them and like building a community? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Have you listened to the podcast? Because <laughs> that's exactly what we always that's say what is, you know, about. we're wow. doing this to build community. And she said, yes. Oh. And then also, what I was seeing was that there's like tech involved, which would explain like the recording piece mm-hmm. of it. And I couldn't believe it. That's, that's pretty cool. cool. That is really yeah. cool. Wow. Okay. So what then, did you say about the podcast? Is like, is that a positive future? What What would she say? Yeah. So then after that happened, she was talking about some other stuff. And then she said, well, what else would you like to know? And I said, well, can you tell me more about our podcast and kind of what it looks like in the future for us? So then she does the card, the tarot cards, and spreads them all out. Don't tell then- me the death card. No, no, not on this oh, one, okay. but I did see it come up something else that I asked about. It was the devil. Anyway, not for a podcast. Okay, okay. They were spread out, and she was like, this is looking so positive, and she got very energetic, and she said, you guys are going to be huge. Keep doing what you're doing with the podcast. What you're doing is great, and I see big things. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. That is very cool. I like your psychic. Me too. I tipped her really well. (laughs) Nice. Well, can she do a review for us maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Send her the link. (laughs) It's going to be a five-star show. Right. It's going to happen. Not yet. But But she's probably going to do that review in the future. She sees it ahead, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was fun. It was definitely a fun experience and exciting to hear that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I interviewed um, one of like a psychic on my, over on the learning more show. I, I interviewed a psychic that has like, you know, done all kinds of stuff like nationwide. She's big in New York. Cause she's like done all these radio shows, TV shows and all that stuff. Somehow I got her on my show. Um, and I went in being, a skeptic about this completely uh-huh. and then i came out being like okay there's something to this like there's there's something very interesting to this and and so hey that that's it's really cool that uh 
that she did got she, to the podcast. The did community she tell thing you is something? Like really cool. Did she tell you something like about your life or the show that she wouldn't have? She couldn't know. Is that what made uh, you a believer? She she saw pickles in my future. Oh. <laughs> uh, she she didn't. No, no. But it was just the way that she was describing it, the way that she was talking about it, and the just the. Well, well, now I've got to pl just plug the show, but uh, you, you really like just listening to her. It made you feel like it was like, OK, this is this is pretty interesting. Yeah, pretty I interesting. Believe. How, I'm a, I'm a believer. Work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I, I told her about a time, you know, like, I don't know, like back in like high school or something like that at the fair. There was some psychic and she's like, OK. Whatever you're gonna tell me going forward is just complete BS. <laughs> like this person didn't know what she was talking. Like go, you know, like you want to like you know vet the person. And she kind of talked about how to vet a psychic and all this oh. stuff. It was, it was really interesting. So okay, um, yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, so that's great. I, I'm 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 excited about that. And and I, you know, it's like going to this whole YouTube thing and pushing the whole YouTube. Uh, angle to all of this maybe maybe we'll start to see uh, a little action over there very soon uh, that would be cool i love it only the psychics will know exactly <laughs> exactly maybe <laughs> maybe hopefully soon <laughs> yeah. yeah um hey speaking of uh the whole uh, now now i'm just taking over the podcast and talking about learning more but <laughs> Uh, I, I do finally, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe a psychic could tell me when I'm going to get new episodes out. Cause I've been so busy, uh, getting, getting everything <laughs> over. Well, we got this show, we've got the DIY for business show that we've now got over on YouTube and all of our past episodes are, are up over there. It's like all this, all this work getting all these podcasts together. Um, but then there's also, you know, me trying to play pickleball. And I, yeah. I feel like, okay, I can get the ball. I can go back and forth a little bit now. I can, you know, like, this is good. I need, like, an advanced technique. I need something that when I show up, people are going to be like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. What do I need to do? Is there some sort of movement, some sort of something that I can do where people can have confidence in me? Because I don't have confidence. Maybe this will give myself confidence in the game. But is there something like what do you guys do? I know Greg, you did that around the whatever pole or something shot. Around the pole. Or whatever. What was that called? <laughs> Dancing hey, on the pole. Hey, I don't hey, know. Hey, hey, hey. There was some sort of something. That's another show. Yeah, I, I kept all my clothes on on the court there. <laughs> <laughs> what do what do I need to do? Bridget, I... what would you recommend? I'm still <laughs> digesting around the pole. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if there's like one movement <laughs> that you can do that really makes people think, wow, this guy's got it. I think yeah. it's just confidence out there. And really, yeah. if you go out there with a positive attitude of like wanting to learn, but also out there to have fun, I think that's the really the most important piece of it. That's what's going to make people want to play more with you. And even if you're not doing well, but you're trying and you're listening to advice or asking questions, then I think that's what people are more receptive to of having someone new on the court who wants to learn and is also there to have fun. Yeah. And, and I would say if you could pride yourself on keeping the correct score, everybody will love you. Oh really? Yes. That's yeah, that's I the mean, problem. Right Everybody there. forgets the score. What's the score? What's the, I mean, I don't know how many times I say that in every match. 
So yeah, you could just keep track of the score. You're going to be impressive. They'll go, oh, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I like that. I, that. That's something I can do. I, I feel like I can handle that one. Uh, I don't know if I can I can do the pole dance uh, that, that you were doing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Working up to it. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to go there, you got to stretch. That's all I got. Okay. All right. <laughs> <You're> stretching. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's over on that podcast. I'm always learning something new. <laughs> uh, maybe, I think I just got an idea for another show. I'll, I'll, I'll have you on as a guest, Greg. But uh, why don't you tell us what's going on on this podcast? Well, you know, we got a really exciting show. And I think, you know, the psychic says we're going big. Well, I think today's guest is actually probably the most famous guest we've ever had on Third Shot. So we have Lady Gibraltar herself, Lee Whitwell, is joining us on Third Shot Podcast. So I encourage everybody, this is going to be so much fun talking to Lee. You've never heard her before. She is so entertaining. So come back and join Lee Whitwell on Third Shot Podcast. Welcome back to Third Shot. Please check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Third Shot Podcast, or on Twitter, search us at Third Shot Pod. Bridgie and I are stoked. You can't believe how excited we are to have the one and only Lady Gibraltar, Lee Whitwell, here with us today on Third Shot. Lee, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, and I did what I was supposed to, and I'm on my third shot. Oh, oh well, we, she's beating she's us. <laughs> well, we better catch we up then, catch don't up. <laughs> I, I supersized it because I wasn't sure what etiquette it was. So I, I was like, let's just go big or go home. Yeah, I like okay, your exactly. style. Cheers. Cheers. You know, Uncle Lee, Greg, what are you drinking? I look like that looked like apple juice. Oh, come on. I feel like that was apple juice. So, okay. Long story to that is you would think that would be a simple question, but so unfortunately, Bridgie's grandfather, my father-in-law, passed earlier this year. And while we were cleaning up his room, we found a bottle of 45-year-old VO that has never been opened up. So some whiskey. And while Bridgie was up here and we decided to kind of celebrate his life, we cracked open the bottle of VO. And I have been celebrating his life as frequently as possible, <laughs> trying to finish that big bottle of VO. That's how you came up with the podcast idea. You're like, how can we keep this going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do we keep this going? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is when Russ and Bridgie and I were thinking about the, the concept of this show, we said it was called Third Shot. We could take shots with people, you know, our guests and stuff like that it would never be in my wildest dreams that I would be doing shots with Lady Gibraltar. I mean, this is like bucket list type of stuff right now. Like totally surreal. It's, I I can't believe it. So thank you for coming on the show with us. Well, thank you for having low standards and having me on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I, you know, so the legend has it, Lee, that it did take alcohol to actually get you to start playing pickleball. (laughs) Is there is there any you know is there any truth to the story? I, I wish I could tell you that that was the absolute lie, but it's not. I was asked <laughs> to play in an event. My friend Lisa asked me to play in a tournament, and I said yes. And she said, "By the way, it's not tennis." I'm like, "Why are you asking me to play?" 
And she's like, it'd be fun. I'm like, what are you asking me to play? She's like, pickleball. I'm like, oh, I'm not playing. Like, why would I play a sport my dead grandma could play? Like, bottom line. <laughs> and she's like, it's going to be fun. And she like just goes on and on and on about how much fun it's going to be and all this. I'm like, I'm not interested. Like, all my fault because I had sadly believed everything I'd ever heard and read about the sport, that it was for old people, you know, mm. like hospice people in retirement homes were playing this sport. So why would I want to play it? And then she goes, I'll buy you a case of beer. I'm like, well, why do you start with that? And we could have like stopped the argument and I could have found out for myself how fun this sport is a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah, it was a case, of, a case of beer that got me into the sport and I haven't looked back since and I am forever thankful to her. And uh, I will always, always, always give it on to her because she changed my life. Nice. That is such a fun story. Do you remember what type of beer that it was? Yeah, it was, and they still refused to sponsor me, so I, I don't know if oh, I could. Yeah, don't them. say it on, no. Don't say it. Don't give them credit. <laughs> any, beer come, any brewery that wants to sponsor me, I'm open to, like, putting your beer into my story. But it was a, it was, it, it was breakfast. It was a breakfast blend of beer. Let me just put it that way. Gotcha. It's not a beer that you get pulled over. You're like, listen, I've drank 12. They're like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going, nobody's getting arrested for this beer. No, I know one. They're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, you keep going. Now maybe <laughs> the gas so you mentioned playing tennis before. What was your other sports background before getting hooked on pickleball? So I played I played tennis in the late 1900s. So like last <laughs> century, I was a, you know, I played college tennis, college volleyball, played pro tennis, and then actually played pro beach tennis. Um, and then, yeah, I know this is a lot of fun. I kind of want to research my beach tennis career somehow. Wow. Hopefully in the senior division, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, you know, it came from a heavy, heavy tennis purist, which was why I had such a vehement, like very opposed to, to pickleball because from what you hear and, you know, started playing pickleball and realized that there's a lot of crossover. And for as many similarities, there are just as many differences and really embracing those differences to understand the game and the nuances of the game. And, you know, I was the one who always said, if, you know, if people ask me, how do, how do you describe pickleball? And I'm like, well, tennis, badminton and uh, table tennis went out for a night on the town. <laughs> and someone slept with someone and someone had a baby and no one knows who the father is and that's pickleball. <laughs> And you throw in a case of beer in the third shot and you got pickleball, right? That's the, Ab that's the Absolutely. Way. And and here we are. And it's like, it's been such a wild ride. And I'm so thankful for Lisa for introducing me to pickleball. And I would never, ever in my wildest dreams have imagined that, you know, the last five, six years have taken me to where I am now. And, and you know, and here we are. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, pickleball. It's so weird that, you know, when Bridgie and I, started playing pickleball it was really the community aspect of the game and you know all the people getting together making new friends that's what really attracted us obviously the podcast has been a blast you know we play a couple of tournaments but we're nowhere near the level of pro it's more of the community that got us addicted to the game what really got you going and, and wanted you know you know for you to want to grow within the game you know it's i, I maybe like I may have a different opinion than most of the pros out there. It's like, I don't, don't get me wrong. I love playing pro. I love competing. I love, you know, if you would have told me I would have a second professional career or third professional career in sports at my, in my mid forties, I'd be like, you're kidding. 
but I, I came into it at the right time. So I'm thankful for that. But what keeps me coming back is that social fabric that's being woven in communities. For me, it's the one sport that's transcended all boundaries, whether it's white collar, blue collar, age, race, religion, you name it, you know, political divide, whatever. You know, you go out on the court, you don't know who's playing next to you and you don't know who across from you and or on the court beside you. And it's this so this social fabric that's being woven of of community. And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna put my psychology hat on for a minute because this is this is what keeps me coming back to pickleball. It's two things. One, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of of needs and wants, right? The 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 the, the ultimate feeling is 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 the feeling of belonging. As human beings, we want to belong. We want to feel needed. We want to feel a part of something. Pickleball has created that, right? Like right. you go there and you're automatically part of a community. You're part of of a social construct that you never thought you could be a part of, no matter your age, your ability, or anything to play, right? And second of all, what is the one thing? That, I mean, first, I mean, as adults, we 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 forget, you know, it's so hard to make friends as adults. Typically, your workmates mm -hmm. or your, your friends and all your coworkers are your friends and all that, and, and it's really hard to 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 make friends. But even further than that, you take it, you know, you're like, what is if you look at society and all the norms that are and the constructs that are placed on us, you got to go to school, you go to college, you know, you go to college, you graduate, you either go to go to masters or you go get a job and you're going to get married and you're going to have 2.4 kids and you're going to have a white picket fence and you're going to have a dog and a half and, and X, Y, Z, right? And that goes on. And as you go through these landmarks of adulthood for whatever we want to call them, what do we do? We forget how to play. And what has Pickleball done? It's brought back the sense of playing, which is why you see 85-year-old Betty laughing like a 12-year-old kid. And that is so heartwarming and so great to see. And for me, long story short, that is what keeps me coming back to Pickleball is because it's brought back the sense of play into communities and into adulthood, which we've lost. Yes, snaps. I absolutely love that. And I think, yeah. you know, that's why exactly why we're doing the podcast and what's kept us around too is that social aspect, the community aspect of it. And we're adults and we still get to play and make friends along the way. Exactly. And it's like, and, and different levels can play with different levels. Like my partner plays pickleball, she's like a 4 4 0, you know, and I, I'll play with a 5 0 plus group or whatever and we'll go play. And then we'll all go to happy hour together. Yeah. And we have the, the, you know, we have a, a twenty top table of every demographic and level and everything mixed into one, just just hanging out. Yeah, and that is special. Yeah, and I don't, really I, I don't want to lose that. That that to me is what keeps me coming back day in day out. And I got to tell you a quick story that just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was I was playing in a tournament against a gentleman that was probably early 80s right and after the after our match we were kind of catching up and he found out that i grew up in his hometown where he grew up and i was asking him you know what town he, you know what area of of oakland that he lived in and stuff and i said hey do you remember the name of this chinese restaurant that my grandparents used to own and he goes was it on macarthur boulevard in oakland and i go yes and he goes i used to work for your grandparents back in 
back in the late 60s. He used to work for my oh grandparents, my and now, full circle, I'm playing pickleball with him. Like, how many times has this happened? This is not going to happen in other sports. I'm not playing hoops against yeah, them, right? Them, right? <laughs> I thought no, it was the coolest story. It's the coolest story, and such a small world, right? And how we're all sort of connected. And, and everyone's like, well, we get this in other sports. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm don't it's like this different it's it's you don't have a sport name another sport where you could have different levels participate of like different levels of play different levels of ability of of like able disabled it doesn't matter that you can go out there you can always work on something you can you can always have so long as you have perspective right like if you're a five zero playing against three fives and your goal is to kill them well then you're you're right you know you're the douche canoe on the on the court. <laughs> you go in there with like, I'm just gonna work on my soft game, I'm gonna work on certain things, I'm just gonna make make it fun for them. Right. You can have a really fun experience and make connections that you wouldn't make, you would not have the opportunity to make otherwise. And that Absolutely. is that is, that's priceless. In, yeah. in like, it really I, was. I see that it really was. So like cool. that is such a cool story. Like that's yeah. like a full circle moment of yeah, it's one of those chills moments, right? When it when it was happening, I was like, "Whoa, this is so cool! I wish I could talk to my grandfather right now." Right? But he he's looking down, and you know, he's uh, he's appreciating. Goes, "Oh yeah, I remember him. I told yeah, him to yeah, stop I smoking. Him. I told him to stop smoking when around the food. That's what he told." Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lasted a week. No, <laughs> that's funny. So this, you know, specialness of pickleball and its ability to bring people together. Do you think that that's why it's gained so much popularity so fast? Or are there other things going on that we can attribute to this really quick increase in popularity of the game? I mean, I think that, you know, for, for whatever reason, I mean, I think COVID, COVID was a, a blessing in disguise for all of us. Yeah. It was, pickable was the things family could do together. Um, it got people away from being here you know, yeah. to actually having conversation and, and interacting with their own, their own relatives. Um, and you, you saw pop-up courts in, in neighborhoods where they would go out and play together. So I think that helped, you know, for all that COVID was, the, the positive that came out of it was that you had communities kind of building these little pop-up communities everywhere, pickleball that they could do. I've never seen so many striped driveways in my life with temporary nets <laughs> during COVID. Um, so I think I think that helped. I think that helped sort of accelerate the game. It was definitely gaining momentum before COVID, and I think COVID accelerated that. And then post COVID, we're in this wave of just complete madness and mayhem. And you went from people going pickleball, what is that? To now you talk to people like pickleball, oh, I've heard of that. Right. You know, or I play that. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you've seen that transition, right? And it's, I mean, and look, it's like, I, I'm, I'm very, very realistic about, about the pickleball landscape. And, and conservatively, if we want to say 10 million people play, play pickleball in the US, about 250,000 people of those 10 million play tournaments regularly. And maybe 250 to 300 of those are pro and senior pro combined. So there's a big landscape of recreational pickleball that's being played that don't play tournaments, that don't know about pros. And that to me is where the community and the social fabric is being woven. And that to me is the meat and potatoes. Everything else is addressing. That's garnish, that's, that's the icing on the cake. But the meat and potatoes is the 9.9 .9 million 
who are playing rec, who are out there building communities, making friends, building friendships. That that's that's the priceless part of the game that I wanna and I wanna exist in. Yeah, I mean, you've been in the game for a while now, and and what do you see kind of the big changes within that amateur pickleball uh, lifestyle over the years that you've been playing? Because it's evolved, you know, and it's it, you know it's uh, you know from 2017 to now, the amateur pickleball game has exploded, and you know the numbers are there, the technology is different. There, there's so many changes. In the game. How, how do you? from your eyes how has it evolved and is it going in the right direction yeah i mean i think it is going in the right direction i've, I've had a fortunate um front seat at the growth of the game and, yeah. and especially internationally and i see it growing i was just in the english open a couple of weeks ago and they had over a thousand participants wow and that is that's a medium-sized tournament here in the u.s right and and but understand that last year it was 480 participants in England. So they more than doubled in one year. Wow. Yeah. And 48 countries were being represented in at the English Open. So to see the growth and to see, I mean, I'm from Gibraltar and I've done a bunch of clinics back home. And my cousin started a pickleball club. And I have friends that are starting pickleball and, and, and all of this. And, and there's so many different pickable communities popping up left and right. And it's so heartwarming to see because it's just a, it's the one sport. I, I, I truly, truly believe this and I, I might get some, some flack for this, but I truly, truly believe it's the one sport that will bring everybody together and you will interact with people that you would never have the opportunity to interact with any other time. And you never know who's on the court next to you. Right? So it's, it's, it's this, this community building thing. And, and to be able to to have a front seat at the growth of it and be able to ha to help influence the growth of the, of the sport, both nationally and internationally, can, for me, is an honor and privilege. Um, and I think it's it's definitely going in the right way. And I've always been a little controversial saying that, you know, that the, the pro game could leave tomorrow and pickleball will still be the fastest growing sport in the U.S. and, and subsequently be the fastest growing sport worldwide. Um, because of the volume of people that are playing versus the percentage of people that are playing actually pro, right? Yeah. And it's, I think that, yes, we might have an influence on the game and we might have an impact on the game, but the fact that the community building and the community gathering and the social aspect of things is, is, is far wider reaching than we could possibly even wrap our hands around. Yeah, it's it's so amazing where the game is going. And you, you mentioned the pro game. I want to get your opinions on the pro game, but we need to take a quick break. So Absolutely. when we come back, we get to take another shot, which is really the reason why we take the break. So we can come back and take another shot. But we do want to get your opinions on what's going on in the pro game because that has grown as well recently. So when we come back, we'll have more with the one and only Lady Gibraltar, Lee Whitwell, right after this break. Welcome back, everyone. This is Third Shot Podcast, and we are joined by the Lee Whitwell, also known as Lady Gibraltar, and her beautiful cat has joined us for the third segment. Absolutely. This is Brody, who's not very happy with me at the moment. <laughs> very needy of me. So he's, he's, been, he's been yelling at me for a while. <laughs> uh, he wanted to join in and say hi. Well, hi. 
Are we special guest. Are we feeling good about <laughs> Are you ready to take a shot with us? Absolutely. We have a shot. Brody He's too. Always ready. He's always ready. always ready. I drink up. You're drinking up. To more apple juice, also known as whiskey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So right before break, Uncle was getting into the pro scene, and we are hoping to get an inside scoop from you. But before we get the details, I was curious, when did you decide in your pickleball journey that, hey, this is something I'm going to do professionally? Or did it kind of just land in your lap? You know, it sort of happened organically. Uh, I think six years ago, there was pro pickleball wasn't really a thing. It was starting to evolve. It was open and you'd play pick and ball and you, you, you play 5 or you play open and, and it's like, oh, there's money. Great. And you won your entry fee back or a little bit more than your entry fee, which all that meant was you were buying the next round of drinks for everybody that was in your bracket. <laughs> um, so I think you came out at a loss no matter what. Like, oh, I won $300, but I spent 800 at the bar. I'm like, why am I taking these people out for drinks? They drink way too much. Um, no, but I think it sort of evolved, uh, you know, it was interesting because I, I've always said that I came into the sport at like 44 years old, right? 43, 44. And, and that I should never be able to play a professional sport at 43, 44. <laughs> I, I, I mean, let's be honest. And um, okay, you need to go. And, um, you know, with that in mind, you look at it and, and, and it's been fantastic to have this front seat. At, not only the growth of how the rec game has grown, but also how the program has grown and changed and evolved. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it and, you, and it's like for the first time, I think towards the end of last year to now this year, you've got players coming into the sport as a legitimate professional career. And this is what they're doing. You know, it's like, you know, you have people going, I want to be a pro baseball player. I want to be a pro football player. I want to be a pro tennis player, basketball, you name it, your mainstream sports. And now you've got pickleball coming in as, as a, as an option. And it's fun to see. Uh, it's not fun to play against. But it is. <laughs> You know, Are you so, seeing the competition becoming a lot stronger? I mean, they're faster, they're quicker, the game's evolving, it's stronger, they're hitting harder, they're, they've got faster reflexes, you name it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's no fun playing people who are 30 years younger than you in any sport, um, let alone when the, when the ball's flying at your face from a 14-foot distance. Um, but it's, it's, been a, it's been an interesting evolution of the sport, and, and it's been fun to witness because – you see people grow and you see how, how there's more money come into the sport and um, that it is offering an opportunity for people now to to have a legitimate professional career. And, and I think that's the way the sport is going. And if that happens, then the growth of the sport will keep growing. It's ensuring the growth of the sport, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, it is amazing. And, you know, my next question is kind of twofold is like, first of all, like, how are you keeping up? Because you are still extremely competitive on the pro tour. You're, you're, you're meddling, you're doing fantastic out there. And what advice would you provide to people that are getting into and want to go pro now? It's a different landscape than when you went pro. So how has that changed? And what would, what advice would you provide? Um, to answer the first question, I, I don't know. I can answer it legally. How do I keep up? Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's, it's rough, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that, you know, you want to make sure you're doing your basics and you're doing your basics very, very well. And, and, and you're able to, 
to execute the shots you want to execute. And then obviously you have great partner choices and you pick partners who are young and who understand that you're covering 20% of the court and their responsibility is 80% of the court. And if they don't understand that, it's not going to go well. So um, <laughs> maybe you're going like, like, to tell them really quickly. Hey, you got to cover Listen, yeah. listen, you are 30 years younger than me and you run. <laughs> like, I block, you run. That is, you know, that is that that is the that is the game plan. Um, but, hey, I got to say your drop is amazing. Well, thank you. You know, you have the greatest touch on your drops. I mean, you, I mean, I, I wish I had 20% of your drop ability. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I will come and teach you how to third shot drop all day long. I can do that. Okay. I can do that yeah. in my sleep. The running part, I'm like, I've got people that can teach you how to run. I, I'm like, like running is a like. I'm like, can I get Uber? Like, it's just <laughs> too far. <laughs> like, why? Why are you making me move? That's why I play with Bridgie. She does my running for me. What the relationship was, and I'm like, I, I mean, Bridgie's a runner. Like you're the closer, she's the runner. Like yeah, if we had like if you were like in a mafia, you're like the closer, the runner. Got it. There's your nicknames done. <laughs> but but no, it's uh no. I mean, I joke, but I don't joke. I mean, it's very tongue in cheek. But but my 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 partners do know that um, my goal is to set them up, and they have to outperform because if they don't put the ball that I think they should put away, and the rally keeps on going, I'm like, what? Why are we still playing this? Like now, I'm having to move. And that's very that's socially unacceptable, right? <laughs> and what advice would you provide? You know, the up and comers that want to go pro now. It's like you know, I'm I, I'm all for perspective. It's like any sport. As I, are you? Do you have the ability of having that upswing? And I, I look at players, and you know, it's I'm fortunate in a way of I can read players and I can see their upswing and. And there are players right now who are playing that it's like, great, I'm glad you're playing and I'm glad you're playing pro, but you're, this is not a career for you. This mm -hmm. is a stepping stone and use it as a career stepping stone the right way. Um, and, and, and we're going to, we're going to get to the, we're going to get to the point where, you know, the top two, 3% are the ones that are going to evolve into the pro game and the others are, it's a stepping stone for their career and that's got to be okay. Um, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think, Pickleball is still new and it's still exciting and sexy and people have an opportunity to make their mark and I encourage them to, but also have the time frame and a, and a realistic window where like I'm giving myself this much because we are at the growth of the sport. We're nowhere near the established level of the sport at the pro level. Right. It's like if you're playing pro tennis, think about it. You, you're trying to qualify for tournament. There's like 3000 other people who are, have your same ranking or within point one of your ranking who are trying to qualify for that same spot. We're not there in pickleball. So it's easy. Like somebody could say, oh, you're like top 20 in the world. That's great. I'm like, yeah, but there's 50 of us. Like it's not. <laughs> a, it's not like, Just leave that part off. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like perspective. It's like there's not 20,000 right. people of us. There's 50 of us. Like when you get into the masses, obviously the ratios in between talent get smaller and smaller and that bridge gets smaller and smaller and everyone's fighting for the next spot. Um, so right now there is a window, but as soon, the more that the sport evolves and the, 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 the more the, the pro part of the game grows, the more people are gonna be in the game, the harder it's gonna be to break into. And that's the evolution of any sport. And we're just, 
we're fortunate to be having a front seat, to have a front seat at the evolution of the sport, not at the establishment of the sport. Yeah, yeah we're getting there. Yeah, we definitely are. And it's going to look so different in 10 years. I'm telling you, the best pickleball player is eight years old right now. Well, I am very far from being pro, nor have I ever thought about going pro. But I have always thought, what the heck goes through a professional's mind while they're playing with a crowd cheering for them? Are you thinking about the game? Are there distractions that you have to block out? What's going through your mind when you play? Not much. (laughs) (laughs) That's refreshing. That's what goes through my mind. Um, you know, a lot of it is, is like when you've done the work, you know, it's like we all know how to drink, we know how to drive, we know how to throw your drop. And it's like when you've done the work, you can trust that you know the work and you trust the process. And it's when you haven't done the work is when self-doubt and you hear you hear extraneous noises coming in from the crowd and you hear the oohs, the ahs of the rally. But when you're in the zone, you don't really hear it. Um, so a lot of it is just trusting the process. And I tell a lot of students, it's like when they're like, oh, what do you think? I'm like, just work on your shot. Like so many people, you know, everyone's competitive to a point. Everyone has different levels of competitiveness, right? Some people want to hit and giggle. Some people want to play to the death. But within that, where everyone is lacking is we don't drill. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take a lesson and I can teach you A, B, and C. But if you don't drill that, you're never going to be able to implement it you know, no matter how good you are. So we forget the drilling aspect of it. And it's like, I, you know, I'm a big believer of drilling 80% of the time, playing 20% of the time. Um, and obviously, depending on what you want to do with pickleball, like if you just want to play rack, you know, you can obviously taper the drill session down a bit and up the playing side of it. But a lot of it is it's like just putting in the work. When you put in the work, you know you've done the job. Life becomes a lot easier. I mean, think about when you were in high school and you had to go sit an exam. If you'd studied and done the homework and stuff, you know, you knew everything, you went into the exam way more confident than you're like, I'll just wing it when I get there. If I go into a match thinking I'll just wing it, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get the results that I want. But if I've done the work, then I can control my part of the game. If my partner's done the work, he or she can control their part of the game. And together, if we've both done the work, now we're a force to be reckoned with. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's like anything. It's like, just do your homework. Makes sense. Right, Bridgie. I'll I do my drill. homework. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do my homework too. You, you know, but we all what, do. What's that? We all do. Yeah, we do. You know, and it's, that's how you kind of keep up with the competition and hopefully surpass some of it. You know, it, I, you know, one of the things that I think is absolutely kind of mind blowing about professional pickleball right now is, we, you know, we got some major powerhouses that kind of are running the different organizations within pickleball. They don't necessarily all agree on, on some rules or you know, different things about the game. Um, if I could make you the commissioner of professional pickleball, you and there's one, just one organization what would you change about the game? When is this airing? (laughs) (laughs) Very soon. (laughs) You know, I honestly, if you made me the commissioner, I would have to go to a, an umbrella ruling of we're using this ball. We're using this rules. You know, these are the rules of the game. This is the scoring we're going to use. 
and this is what we're going to use. Like we've got it, we've got it, we've got to come together on everything and, and and unify the sport in that way. It's like unfortunately the sport. I feel like the sport grew too fast, too quick, and we have now tours that have the best interest of each player in mind, but sadly are competing against each other, and it's this tug of war. Mm-hmm. And the players are feeling it, and 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 that that's okay because it's. In the scope of things, we're two-year-old, we're toddlers. We're going through teething pains. We're going through growing pains of the sport. And that has to happen for us to establish. I would like to get to establish a lot quicker because right. then we can really flourish and grow. Um, so, yeah, those are the three things I would probably take care of immediately if you made me commissioner. And if you have the power to, I mean, do is there a sword? Is there a ceremony? Do I have to change into a frock? Like, what has to happen? <laughs> you get to make the call. I mean, you're commissioner, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm claiming it right now. You are the commissioner of professional pickleball and <laughs> and rec games. Come on, let's just throw it all in there. Yeah, they, standardize uh, it all. <laughs> absolutely. No, but I mean, you do need a standardization. So that, I mean, like, we we are we're sitting in such a privileged position. We're in the driver's seat of, of the sport right now. The U.S. is in the driver's seat of the sport. We get to affect the growth of sport internationally. We are, that's who everyone is looking to. So we have to do a better job. We have to be better. We have to standardize. We have to have rules in place. We cannot be compete. Tours cannot be competing. Leagues cannot be competing. We have to be standardized so that we can be a great example of how the sport should grow and be a part of that because the rest of the world will follow. That's true. And that is a good perspective. We are in a very privileged position to be able to be a part of that, especially where we're at in the game right now. But speaking of standardizations, I got to get your input on paddles because there's been some technology and advancements and all these different kind of crazy paddles coming out. What are your thoughts <laughs> on all of these different types of paddles out there? I'm Pickleball 49. You want to give me a paddle as a weapon, I'll use it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. <laughs> um, I'm really not. Um, uh, no, I mean, it's it's the same thing like when, when tennis, like Luxalon came into the tennis game, which is a string that changed the game. And the only thing, if you can't change the technology, you can, you, you know, what can you manipulate? You can manipulate the ball. And they manipulated the ball in, in tennis. Um, in pickleball, we've got all this technology and it's sort of the Wild West. And that, that comes with the standardization, right? We don't have this standardization in place. And we need it. Because my fear is, and it's like, and I'm not talking about the program, right? To me, it's like when they talked about the spin serve and all that, to me, the spin serve is like, if you want to have the spin serve, that's great. So long as I can see what you're doing with the ball, then it's up to my ability to be able to return that ball. But if you've got your back turned to me and I can't see what you're doing, then that's an unfair advantage, right? Um, but if you go with the standardization of the panel and the game, it's like, you don't want, like say, Bridget, you're on the court with somebody who's 18, right? And they come in with this really hot paddle and the ball is coming off at 200 miles an hour. And the, the game is now unsafe for you at a rec level. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, like, to me, the fear is, is that we're going to destroy the game and make it unsafe at the rec level because of the technology of the paddles. At the pro game, whatever, we can handle it. You know, it's up to us to, to deal with it and all that. 
there's got to be some standardization because you don't want to ruin the growth of the sport or slow down the growth of the sport because now 85-year-old Betty is afraid for her life because 25-year-old Richard's coming on the court. And even though they're both three fives, he's hitting the ball faster, harder, and the ball's coming off his paddle a lot stronger. And that's where that 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 that's where I see the issue is going to go down. And I mean, I did I did hit with a few paddles at the U.S. Open this this past year, and and the way the ball came off that paddle was pretty hot. And they're like, well, the paddle's not USAPA approved, USAP approved. Sorry, and and it's like, well, I'm not playing a tournament, so I can play with it. And that is what we don't want to get into. That's where the issue is. If it's not USAP approved, it shouldn't be on the market. Yeah. Because if, if you're playing with a paddle, if you're playing against me with a paddle that's not USAP approved, then what's stopping me from going, I'm going to serve overhead and volley? Mm. Well, it's not USAP approved, but this is an tournament. Who cares? So it's going to become the Wild West again in a bad, unhealthy way. Yeah. And it's going to f- prohibit the growth of the sport, which I think is a very dangerous spot to be in because it's we're creating joy in the world. We're creating communities. We're, we're connecting people. And anything that stops that unfortunately is, is, is not, is, is not good in my books. I agree. You know, it's an interesting perspective because in the golf game right now, you know, the professionals are hitting the ball so far with the new technology that there's talk about, you know, kind of controlling what their technology is, but keeping it open for the amateur player, because, you know, we should enjoy the game and hit as far as we can, you know, yeah. for the amateurs, because that's how they're going to enjoy it. But in pickleball, there's danger involved, you know, right, because you, you have a person. Yeah. 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 Like it's not golf. Like you're not going to, to hit, you're not trying to hit the ball into a hole. You're, there's, there's somebody on the other side. Yeah. And, you could hit them in the, hit them right in the face, but you know, yeah. something's coming in too hot. Yeah. And think about it. It's like, I mean, what is an arm length? Like maybe two and a half feet? So if you're standing at the kitchen line at 14 feet from your opponent, at two and a half feet, now you're 11, 11 and a half feet, 11 and a half to 12 feet from somebody. That is not a long distance. You can hurt someone. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been hit <laughs> many times. <laughs> we all have. We all have. And, and, yeah. and we can see that it's our fault because the paddle was, our paddle was down. But my fear is in the rec game is like, I don't want the speed of the ball to impact to be greater than the person's ability to uh, uh, the person's reflexibility like if my speed is is better than your reflexes that's a problem in the rec game because now no matter what you cannot keep up right and that that is dangerous yeah yeah well thank you for sharing your perspective on that because that's interesting and that's something that i feel like a lot of players especially rec players don't even think about they just want you know the latest hottest paddle out there but we don't think about the repercussions of what that's doing so thank you for sharing that what's next for you in your career journey oh my goodness i have no idea hey i'm just happy to to be part of this ride and to have a front seat at everything um I'm, well, now that you've been on third shot, you've hit the pinnacle, right? I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah. I feel like there's been <laughs> Should I ask for retirement now? I'm like, I'm officially retiring from pickleball. So 2024, where I can be a senior and play senior pro. I could, I could make that announcement right now. All right. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know what's next after third shot, honestly. <laughs> commissioner. I thought we'd. I mean, there's. No, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I, I never would have thought that I would, I would be in pickleball, honestly. 
you know, Case of Beer got me into pickleball and it's been such a fun ride. And I, I'm, as much as I enjoy playing, I, what keeps me coming back is growing the sport. Um, so I think I'll always be involved in pickleball, whether, you know, wherever my pro career takes me, whether it's playing senior pro next year or, or staying in, in, in more on the coaching consulting scene, I have no idea, but um, being able to, to have a front seat and influence the growth of the sport is, is such a privilege and it's not something I take lightly. So I'd like to continue that role of ambassador, if you will, as and a pioneer for the sport because it's 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 brought me so much joy and it's helped me through so much. And I see how it helps people every day overcome so many things. Like I hear stories every day of how pickleball, you know, like people saved my life. Pickleball did this, pickleball did that for me. And, and and that's something that those are the stories that we need to latch onto and hold on to because that's that's where the real magic is happening. Well, we need you in the sport, Lee. So whatever capacity that is, we appreciate what, whatever that is because uh, you really are just a, a joy to talk to, a great insight into the game. And so the answer to the question of what comes after the third shot is when we turn off the mics, the fourth shot, we're all going to have together. So <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on the show with us tonight. We really appreciate it. It was so much fun. Oh, I had a blast. I would not uh, spend a, what what day is it? A Tuesday, Monday evening. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. I think it's a Monday evening. I wouldn't rather spend a Monday evening with anybody else. Thank you. And thanks for yeah, coming thank on. Yeah, A pleasure. And to all of us listening, thank you for joining us on Third Shot, where Bridgie and I will continue to share our pickleball journey. A truly special thanks to Lee for joining us today. It was such a joy. Um, please check out Lee on Instagram. She's at Lady Gibraltar. You can find her everywhere online. Look up Lady Gibraltar. You're going to see so much great information, and hopefully you'll get a chance to uh, really follow her next steps and her next journey in her career. Support this show by subscribing, and we promise to have more amazing guests just like Lee in the future episodes. So let's continue to share our enjoyment for the game and grow our pickleball community. See you next time on Third Shot Podcast.